Good day, eh? And welcome to another Forgeside Chat, a podcast about blacksmithing, bladesmithing, and everything in between, with a heavy focus on talent in the Great White North. You must be talking about Canada, Lyndon, eh? Hey, and today we have Jeremy from Simple Little Life on the show with us. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's an honor. Oh, man. It's an honor to have you on here. I, no I, kidding. I, I slipped on the last name there. I'm like, wait a minute. Is it is it Jeremy Little? Am I wrong on that? Gertz. Gertz. See, Jeremy I knew Gertz. I was wrong. Yeah. Jeremy Gertz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You bet. Cool. So, uh, man, what you been up to lately? Ah, uh, you know, this is a uh, this time of year we're like uh, getting ready for Christmas. So it's a it's a struggle because I mean I want to create as much YouTube content because this is when you make money on YouTube. But at the same time, my wife has an Etsy business that when it's busy, it's lucrative. And so mm. I focus all oh, it's it's a trade off, right? It's like you know. Right now, this time of year, as any artisan, a blacksmith or a bladesmith, you can sell more this time of year than any other time of year, right? Than probably the other three quarters combined. Um, but making knives takes a long time. And uh, my wife has an Etsy business where we make these wooden signs. And uh, we've kind of, we've developed some systems and then tooling to just... Like it's a freaking factory in my garage, man. It's like boom, 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 and so it's so hard because I'm transitioning to that. And when we get busy into it, like from here until I think we cut off orders in December, it's it's a gong show. Like I'm talking twelve, fourteen hours a day, six days a week. Like we take one day off because I'm not into seven days a week. But so that's kind of I'm just finishing up the last couple knives that I'm doing right now, and then probably from like the end of this week till. Uh, probably after Christmas, I won't be doing much knife stuff. I'm going to try and squeeze in a little knife project here, there for YouTube, but mm -hmm. that's pretty much what I've been just cleaning up last loose ends with the knife business and then getting ready to transition into becoming a, I wouldn't say a woodworker, a wood factory worker. <laughs> I've taken all the skill out of it and it's just, a, dang, dang, I'm making widgets. <laughs> nice, nice. So yeah. sounds like you're busy, but... Let's put the brakes on this because Justin, man, I should have hit you up first so we can get a little bit of spiel about who we're talking to here, man. You know a little bit about Jeremy, man. Why don't you tell you us who he is? Yeah. So Jeremy Gertz here, and he is the uh, proud runner or owner of Simple Little Life on YouTube. It's a channel that has 274,000 subscribers. Um, Jeremy also has... Uh, Can Am Soup, which is a podcast that he runs, and also Simple Little Life. But that one, unfortunately, I think it's being retired. Am I right? I'm not officially retired, but a break. I, I, yeah, a break. Um, mm -hmm. is, I don't know. I think I have like 20 episodes or something. Uh, okay. Started out doing interviews. I found it difficult with schedules, like trying to pick people. Also, overlap. Um, you know, the group that I was in that, that were starting these podcasts, I mean, they all kind of picked their guys. And I'm like, well, you know, if my buddy's podcast interviews one guy this week and it's kind of I, I I would have a hard time coming up with different questions. And I'm not a, I'm not a good interviewer. Like some people are good. Like Jeff Fader, dude, that guy knows how it's to amazing. Interview. Yeah. And and that's a that's a different right. And, and I kind of thought about it and I was doing a bunch of solo shows, which is just me babbling on. And I thought, you know what? What, what is like this thing simple life? It started out as a YouTube channel. I actually changed mm -hmm. from 
what I'd originally wanted it to be. But um, I was like, it's not necessarily podcast and podcasts take time. Um, you know, it's it, it, it takes a lot of work to edit. A lot of people think, oh, you just sit there and hit record. It's, it's not quite like that, you know. And um, I don't know. I just thought if, if I'm putting this into it and the, the return, I, I wasn't, I don't know. I didn't even know if anybody listened to my show. So I'm like, <laughs> nobody's listening. I, I, I've received like zero. I think one time I said something, an opinion about like when COVID had started up and I got a comment about it. And I'm like, so at least one person listens to this podcast. Cool. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I know I made sure I was listening to your podcast, uh, Simple Little Life. When it first came out, you were on the Makery Network. I heard about it through yep. the Knife Talk podcast. They started the uh, Makery Network and they had all these others. I made sure I listened to yours, but it turned into this thing where it was like, I don't know, 20 different podcasts that I was listening to. And man, I knocked Joe Rogan off of my list because yeah. it just wasn't focused on what I actually do. Like I'm a, I'm into the artistic blacksmithing. I want to know about metal. That's uh, that's, you know, production fabrication with metal. That was, that's my main focus. If you're not, on that on that podcast ring then i'm like man sorry i don't have time for it and as it is i'm listening to my podcast at like 1.25 sometimes 1.5 because i'm just like i don't have time in my day to listen to 10 different podcasts if i don't it's yeah. crazy man there's yeah. so many on the market and there's so many good ones and dude you're you're an excellent speaker man i guarantee if you had somebody to bounce off of on your show you'd be freaking flying through the sky with, you know, multiple followers. It's it, that, that singularity thing. Like I kind of tried to do the singularity thing too. It's tough, man. It's yeah. super tough. Yeah. Bert needs an Ernie. <laughs> That's a good way to Easy put it. now. <laughs> Easy now. So which one of you? Yeah, Bert, Bert. One's Ernie? yeah I was going to say, what the were you trying to say here, man? Oh, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes all red <laughs> it's bob and doug, bob and doug. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. come on take off eh? uh i think there's a lot of americans that think we actually talk like this all the time yeah i do like one of my good friends uh his name is doyle and oh he a everything was a Oh yeah, hey, how's it going, eh? Hey, hey, you know, <laughs> that's funny. Well, the the best are the guys that say "fuck" with like every <laughs> second word is "fuck," man. Like, yeah. holy shit! I don't know if like I'm pretty sure it's a Canadian thing. I don't know if Americans are like that really, but holy yeah, man, there's yeah, or, or F and A. They're like, they'll say that, right? Yeah. Well, fucking hey, man! Like, whoa, cool. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> that's funny. Like I see propane prices are going up right now. Are you using a propane forge at your place or? Yep. Yeah. So you've probably seen the influx. Okay. I actually haven't filled up for for a long while. <laughs> well, I know mm, gas prices, man, it's Justin? expensive. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Justin, have you seen propane prices? Have, has it hit you yet? I haven't filled up since my last run, but I've seen it climbing and climbing and I'm kind of dreading to go fill up again. See, there's a part of me that thinks that the increase in gas prices and whatnot and i i hate to say it man but it's a good thing dude like it sucks yeah i fucking hate it 
it really sucks. I want to drive everywhere. I want to drive out to BC and go on holidays and go pick up my vices that Cindy's holding on for, you know, for me. But you know what? It's going to cost me an arm and a freaking leg right now. It's 150 mm-hmm. bucks to fill my truck and gas right now. And it's a freaking yeah. heavy. They're, they were, dude, weird. they were just talking about this on the uh, Hustle and Grind podcast, actually. Pickle okay. Cutters and, and Jason, is it Jason Hartwell, I think is his name? Yeah. They they were talking about this exact same thing, and it, it's kind of messed up that we've that we've ran on to this, but you know what? It's it's, it's a hot topic, considering that it's a maker community, the influx in price and everything is right now. It's just it's going to hit us hard right away to the point where we none of us have a choice but starting increasing our prices, and mm-hmm. we're already charging prices where people scoff at us half the time. Where I mean, I don't, I, you always run into the guy that's like, are you serious? And now we got to start increasing our prices more. There's, of, of course, lots of people that are willing to just throw their money at us, right? Especially when you're putting out good quality stuff and you're well-known. But, I mean, when I see the price of propane going up, there's a part of me that goes like, you know what, man? This is a good thing. I personally hate how much propane I burn. Maybe this is a this is a sign that instead of just letting my forge burn all night long, I learned to start controlling my forge a little bit mm-hmm. so that I don't waste propane like crazy, right? Yeah. So there is that incentive to be smarter with how you use your fuel because of the increase in price. So there is that good side to it, even though I I hate everybody hates it. You know, it's yeah. our money. But. It's a it's a good point, and and it's funny because I hate the gas price increases, but when you put it like that, I totally agree, right? Like I used to, I used to be be a big bicycle advocate, and I used to live and work in Strathmore, and mm-hmm. for over two years straight, I never drove a car to work, not one single day. Wow! Like minus thirty, I was on my bicycle, right? Um, in North America, our culture, it's like, oh yeah, sure. Like I go, to, I live twelve minutes outside of Strathmore. And sometimes like, I want Chinese food. Like we've got like a lot of food in our house, but it's like, no, I want Chinese tonight. It's like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm done work for the day. I get in my car and I drive to town, come back. It's expensive. We've literally got freezers full of meat, vegetables. You know, we could have a really good meal, but no, I went to get, and it, it's not good. Like, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's true. Like that side of it, it's like, let's just drive less. You know, uh, I don't know. I love you. Yeah, do you guys, either one of you ever wear a fanny pack? never owned one really no i used to ski and i remember we'd go in the ski i had 21 pocket knives and a fanny pack like me and my (laughs) best friend my cousin we would buy these fanny packs and we would literally just fill fill them them as full as we could with knives and i was like eight years old then so i've always just liked (laughs) knives and then i mean you know what that is you get into something it's expensive right you you buy a 300 hundred dollar knife that knife is going to be with you for a long time and you sure. got four kids in sports and stuff and, you know, a fixed family income. That was me. I couldn't justify like, hey, hon, I'm buying another custom. <laughs> you know? And so I was like, oh, this sucks so bad. I want, I want a knife with this profile. I want a belly on my knife that looks like that. And so I was like, well, how hard? Maybe I'll just try to make a knife-shaped object. And I found Trollski on, you guys know who Trollski is? Yeah. I heard of him, yep. Yeah, so I just, I was like, hey, I like YouTube. Let me see knife making. And I watched one of his videos. I'm like, this dude makes it look so stinking easy. Hmm. And so I, I did a file method and I made my first knife with a file. Mm-hmm. Uh, made quite a few with a file. And then I thought, well, you know what, two by 72. I mean, I'd seen those on YouTube. I'm like, I'll, I'll, 
I'll make one of those. So I bought a lathe so I could make my wheels for my two by 72. That's why he bought a lathe. That's, that's the only reason. But it's funny because now all of a sudden this, I'm trying to save money. So I'm not spending money on knives. You just can't help it. man. Just let it go. It's happening, you know? And uh, so then while I was at San Gel, I was making quite a few knives on the side and some guys like I was trading for a knife for a better parking spot in the underground parkade. <laughs> like I want to be close to here. Like if you make me a knife, I'll give you that parking spot. I'm like deal, <laughs> you know? So, okay, cool. And then I sold some to some coworkers. And then when I got laid off, I thought, well, let me see if I can make knives for a living. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd applied at a few places. There's a, a place that did very similar stuff in Strathmore, like literally eight minutes from my house. They weren't, they weren't hiring. They were in a firing sequence, but, um, and so I started selling knives on Facebook and it kind of took off and that's kind of how I got into it. Amazing. Yeah. Sweet. How it all started. So you're using a two by 72 and I can only assume that you're probably ordering your belts from, you know, one of the best suppliers out in the West, Pritchell and Hardy. And if you're not, you should be because you could use, uh, code that we have, you know, they they think I've got a sponsor through them. We hook you yeah, up with a code, do. get yeah. you ten percent off. So you order your your belts. You get awesome VSM belts. Justin, what else you get from dude? Well, if you put in FSC ten in the top left corner of PritchellandHardy.com, you can get your ten percent off on powdered steels and quenchants, and of course those VSM belts. Get the ceramics. Those are the ones that just shred the steel. Yeah. VSMs are good. They're, yeah. Yeah. I, I like actually, them. I just got a bunch of uh, the sticking, the big nine inch round ones. I just ended up finishing a project this week of uh, round grinder or just a, I don't know why I'm calling it a round grinder. It's <laughs> <laughs> just grinder? a grinder. Disc grinder. Oh, and yeah. uh yeah it's they have ceramic uh, sheets uh i don't know if they're ceramic actually those i ended up getting from nexus i got the wheel from nexus and the body for the motors from vashti and then oh, i got really? a wen yang <laughs> wen yang off of uh amazon just the vfd and yep. Put it all together. It's, it seems to be working all right. It's the first yeah. time I use it today. Um, have you used any disc grinders like that? Do you have yeah. one? Yeah, yeah. I put one together uh, maybe two years ago, and same thing. Like I bought a plate and yeah. motor. Actually, at a local place that had a motor and VFD. And yeah, I just so it's yours. I have you seen the some of the plates are totally flat and some are a one degree bevel. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I ordered the one degree bevel. Oh, did you? Cool. Because like I got the flat one. How do you find that? I've you know I've only used it once, and that was today. So I'm just just learning, and it seemed to be all right. Like once you get past that center point, your blade's not touching mm-hmm. the disc anymore. Yeah. So if you have a blade that's over four and a half inches long, it's it's okay because you're not you're gonna have that same grind pattern. Yeah. I, I think that was a strong move on your part because mine's totally flat. And I was looking mm-hmm. at them. I'm like, no, I want the flat one. And, and I think it doesn't matter much if you're just like flattening blocks of wood. But if right. you're like trying to flatten out the bevel on a large chef's knife, 
you start going past that center point and sometimes it's predictable and then all of a sudden out of nowhere it will like squiggle itself man like oh yeah because it's pushing and pulling and it's kind of it does some weird things and, and not <sighs> I, once you get used to it you kind of learn how to avoid it but i kind of think in retrospect i wish i would have gotten the one degree bevel oh, yeah I think, I think so i think the wheel wasn't terribly expensive i no, ordered a few cheap. weeks back and man i ordered it in the morning and by noon i think it was shipped out hmm. so i was really impressed with uh with nexus and their shipping um but i think it was like 100 bucks or something just for the wheel itself so i was i was pretty happy with that yeah i think that's definitely way that goes building your own disc grinder you know because <laughs> you can decide what type of motor you want but even like i went with uh you know the, if you're going with a vfd like you did and yeah. a motor and it is it's still it's still a couple hundred bucks cheaper than buying like a complete package off somebody, I think. And it's not yeah. hard to put together, you know? No, no. It took me for sure a couple hours to program the VFD, trying to figure out like all the, well, there's like 70 menu items and trying to put in the different frequencies that the motor's supposed to run at and, yeah. and messing with that a little bit to see if I can get more speed out of it. Cause it was only a 1400 RPM motor, 1425. Okay. But it's intended for 380 volts, and I'm running on the 220, so it was only giving me 700 RPM. Ah. So I had to go into the programming and switch it to run at 120 hertz through the VFD, so it would, I guess, trick the motor to run at yeah. like the proper RPM. Yeah. And I'm hope I'm thinking it's all right. Huh. <laughs> you know that's the fingers, struggle with fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers yeah. crossed yeah shit no kidding i spent the money on it so it better well, because be. canada uses different three-phase voltage than the u.s does they do as, as standards yeah and i remember that because we'd have all these three-phased uh motors for conveyors and we had okay. things called a motorized pulley so it was actually the big pulley that the conveyor belt wrapped around and it had all like the, the gearing inside the electric motor inside the whole thing was built and i remember we'd order they're all made in canada I think in Toronto, but we had to specify whether it's like 480 volt, which is okay. American. And American. I think most three phase Canadian is 600. Is that correct? 600. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I so many, I was stuck. Well, it wasn't a bad thing. I was in Kodiak, Alaska once and we had to do some things and all the motors came for Canadian voltage. And so oh, we had shoot. to wait an extra week and a half while they built new ones that uh, were American voltage. But that, that wasn't a bad place to be stuck at for a week and a half on the company's dollar <laughs> you always get a, a voltage converter right yeah yeah that's always one thing when you're building these things you got to kind of pay attention for us at least you know what kind of lathe do you got jeremy oh dude it's cool um <clears throat> it was my dad's old lathe this isn't the one that i bought for uh making my belt grinder stuff but i got one it's called an ensign and it's a slant bed lathe it's from the 1960s and uh, I forget the other company. It's more popularly branded as a Wilson. Okay. Uh, the okay. ones that came into it's made in England, and in England it would be called a Wilson, but it was branded an Ensign when it came into Canada. Yeah, 1960s. Um, just a small little tool room lathe. I, I don't even know what the actual measurements. Maybe 10 by 30, 40. But okay. it's a it's a pig, man. Like it's all cast iron, and it's oh, it's all I love it. it was, my dad had this lathe. It came out of Sate. 
uh, Southern Alberta Institute yeah. of Technology. Mm-hmm. And it was one of theirs, like an 80s for the machinist course. And they're getting rid of them. And my dad said, I'll take it. And they said, oh, if you, you have a way to haul, it's yours. And so oh, my dad's God. had it for years and years. And it it sat in his shop and I want it forever, right? And I had this small little king bench top lathe and they're they're fine but they don't have girth like with machine mm-hmm. tools you need mass same thing with an anvil right like small anvils were great but the more weight behind it just the the better it is yeah. and so anyways this not this summer last summer my dad was redoing his shop putting like tin on the walls and stuff and my boys were working for him helping him and he moved the lathe outside of this forklift and he said oh, i'll have to take that to the scrap yard <laughs> and the boys came and was like, grandpa's getting rid of his lathe and i called him up because i've i've talked to my wife like for 15 years like man i wish i could ask my dad for that but you can't ask your dad for his tool like, hey dad can i have your lathe <laughs> you know and he's like well if you want it you can have it i'm like yes please so i scored that oh i love that thing it's good oh, sweet. yeah that was gonna be my answer to uh, well the segment that we'll get to yeah you know all about that yeah, my my wife's not home right now, but you know what? To be honest, I think she's kind of getting sick and tired of it. So maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe Justin's wife will be home this week. I don't know. I, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, there is something else I like to know about man is your first anvil, dude. Man, what did you start off on with an anvil? Um, I, I, maybe it wasn't even an anvil, right? Yeah. I think the first thing that I intended to be an anvil was, I don't even know what it was. It's this, my neighbor, my next door neighbor that we live near here when we moved out was helping him with some stuff. And he's like, oh, I've got an old railroad track if you want. I'm like, sweet. And it wasn't a railroad track. It's, I would say it's probably like 12 inches high, about four inches wide and maybe eight or nine inches long. And it's, it, it think of it as like a four inch thick piece of steel plate. Hmm. That's shaped like an H, sort of, but with the top filled. It's really strange. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It probably yeah. weighs 100 pounds. And I saw that. I'm like, yeah, that would work great. And I, I got it. He just gave it to me. I helped. No, I Dude. helped him move some cows. We we did a trade, a swap. Um, But I never actually used it. And then I, the first thing I actually used as an anvil was a piece of railroad that I, I took. And I ground it and cut it. And I actually did a YouTube video on it. Um, And then the the... I don't know. I used it a little bit. Like I'd make some hooks or something, but the first anvil I ever tried, like a serious project, like, okay, let's see how you forge a knife. And I still have no clue how to do that. But, um, was, uh, what they call Accio from Princess yeah. Auto. They used nice. to go on sale okay. for like 150 bucks for the 165 pounder. Oh my God. Literally. And so I, it came on sale and I saw there's one in Calgary, Southwest Calgary. I'm like done. I literally just ran there and got as soon as I saw that. Yeah. But, for uh, sure. Yeah, that's the one I still use. But. Nice. Well, no, those are uh, those are great anvils. There's nothing wrong with the Princess Auto anvil. Um, I've and their new ones I've, are nice. Yeah, the the Kanka anvils are great anvils. Yeah. I mean, a little on the pricey side compared to their uh, the old ones that they have, like what you've got there. I mean, the the Casio one sixty five. I think it is. Is it one? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, no. It's a one twenty. Something like that. Whatever it is. It goes on sale for like 300 bucks or three something. It's, I mean, you ain't finding a 100-pound anvil for 300 bucks anywhere else. I'll tell you that much, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, aren't you sponsored by Princess Auto? Yes. What? No yeah. way. Yeah. 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 How, how, explain. How'd that come to be? Um, it was, so go back like maybe two and a half, three years ago. Not three years ago. Uh, somebody 
with a princess auto email just emailed me and said hey we'd like to sponsor you and i'm like what this is fake and then i you know you click the email address and it's like princess auto email. it's real anyway so we were chatting back and forth about stuff and i actually didn't see his email went to my spam folder and I didn't find it find it for like four months oh, and wow. uh so we were doing some talks and they said okay what do you want to do so i actually did uh i can say this this is not secret stuff uh, i did a little a, a sample thing so they sent me one of these big garage electric heaters and then mm. i did like a, a video about it and it's it's tricky it was tricky for them i think they were navigating uh the way to go about it because say if this thing was really heavy like it was 150 160 pounds and i end up carrying it up a ladder to hang it on a wall right oh, yeah. and obviously liability from their standpoint you can't have somebody saying this is how you put up a prison you know so anyways they they went silent for a while and I was like, okay, it's over. It's done. Like they gave me this. They, they, yeah, I didn't know. Right. And I gave them a couple edits and they, it was like $500 heater. I was happy to have it. You know, even, um, they said I could keep it. So I'm like, cool. If you don't, if you don't use it, it's fine. Um, anyway, so then I'd say a year later, I got contacted by a company out of Toronto and they're an ad agency that Princess Auto's working with. So that's how that happened. So it's kind of nice. So they carried over this. They had a list of creators they wanted to work with. And, and like they even, they were very honest with me. Say, listen, we have no clue what this influencer thing is. And I said, I don't either. Like, I just don't. And so I said, how does this work? I said, I don't know. So we're just kind of staring at each other going, and this is, who knows? So anyways, they got company involved, <laughs> which is probably a smart way to just go, right? send me stuff. Right? <laughs> send me things and I'll... Put it on the internet, man. Hey. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah. So it was kind of a back and forth. And then um, you negotiate something you're happy with. And then, uh, yeah. So right now I owe them. Uh, uh, and then there's like, you're, we're actually coming up close to the end of our contract. Okay. Um, I got two more months to do. And then we kind of sit down and see how it goes. You know, the hardest thing, the most frustrating thing with this sponsorship is, is obviously it's a, I, I've been a Princess Auto fan forever, right? Like mm -hmm. as a little kid, I went to Princess Auto and I always go there. Um, but my audience isn't Canadian. Like oh. sad to say. When I look at my analytics, like, okay, so I'll get, I'll do a, night, a video that's got like 50,000 views and like 2.3% of those are Canadians. I'm like, oh, oh really? Wow. Oh, dude, yeah. Like 95% well, of my audience is American. It's great. It's great. Like I, but Population it's, difference. Yeah, a lot of you that. You think just population? There it is. I love you. And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it could be. And so, so the hard part is, I want to give them good value, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't overcharge. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like, oh wow, you got a sponsorship. You must just no, oh, I didn't buy a new car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's and if you put an hourly wage on it, <laughs> I can make more money as a mill, right? I mean, that's just that's <laughs> oh, a fact. Sure. The same thing when you're knife maker, right? But um, yeah. But it's so hard because I, I wish I had a better Canadian audience because like the views on, on videos, some of the like I did, uh, my last video I did with them was a forging press I built. And it's yeah. doing okay, that was a good, right? That's a good video, dude. I watched it. I loved I it. I was amazed at how well it worked. But, you know, it's, and that one's actually got pretty decent like stuff, but it's just too bad. So I don't know what they're going to say. It's kind of a pickle because it's like, yeah, I've had some really terrible videos. I actually did all my analytics for them today. I, I emailed them my invoice and uh there's some of my videos in september <laughs> one of them's gotten 24 views altogether <laughs> oh shoot <laughs> it just like it wasn't popular to begin with and it's just dead it is so funny it's like wow it's Weird. like 
they're not going to keep paying me if one of their videos <laughs> that they paid for like in February got 24 views this month. Not, it's not worth anything. You 2% know I mean? of the viewers were Canadian. <laughs> we, got the, we, we ended up getting him on as a sponsor for Caniron this year. And yep. it was a little a little tricky trying to figure out how that was all going to work out. It was there was definitely some back and forth there, and a lot of work on our end to try to convince them that it was the right move to make. Yeah. Um, luckily for us, we've got some good friends in the right places, so everything worked out for that. But having them on board for Canaran was kind of it. It felt like it was a really huge accomplishment um not only just like for justin and i but there is people within the can iron group that were like super for stoked it. yeah they yeah. they yeah. were so pumped that princess auto came on board well, i think it's and, one of those businesses that have never really supported can iron and having their back having them behind us was awesome because we're looking forward to having them as sponsors in the future again totally mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, working with Princess Auto is awesome. They're a great company, man. If you need, you know, if you need supplies, agricultural wise, fabrication wise, they're they're awesome for sure. Just yeah. MacGyvering shit together, man. Yes. But if you need a heat treating oven, where do you go for a heat treating oven, Justin? Hmm. Let me think about it for a second. Well, I know where I went. No, where did you, you go? Do you know where I went? Where no. Where did you go? Maritime Knife Supply. And why did you go there? Um, because of the deal, right? If what I deal? go to Maritime Night Supply and put an FSC kiln, K I L N, what'd you get? Uh, you get a hundred bucks off. What? Yeah, and uh, hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's, do you realize that's better than Knife Talk is doing? Is it? <laughs> yeah, they're only giving seventy five dollars off, dude. Uh-huh. Knife who? Never heard yeah. of her. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And Lawrence has so much cool stuff too in his shop. Um, Nick Tobin sent me a picture of some scales he picked up and they look like lizard skin. All these like, it looks like dew drops on it or something. Just all sorts of stuff. I've been talking to Token Tobin all day today, man. Oh yeah. Like all day we've been chatting back and forth, man. That kid is insane, man. He's insane. I'm 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 trying to tell him, watch Jeremy's video on the log splitter because he's convinced he's convinced he has to get a coal iron uh, forge. And pretty much a coal iron forge. He wants no, he wants to build a coal iron forge. He wants to he thinks he can build what he knows he can build one. It's not a a thing that he thinks. I know and I know he can too. But it's every a time of you like, make something, though, oh my god, it takes so it much time. Over. There's yeah. time, there's effort. But if you were to make something, and this is, I want Jeremy's opinion on this, dude. Log splitter conversion into a forging press, or the coal iron design. Which one would you go with? Well, me. Yeah, you, yeah. Which oh, one? Think of money wise. I would be speaking out of ignorance though, because since I filmed that, I've I've used it none. Like I, uh-huh. I haven't spent time, right? Like um, I don't. I'm a stock removal guy. Like that, yeah. that's how it is. Love forging. Love the idea of Damascus San Mai. Um, I used it. I was absolutely. And I guess from what I've seen, for what what I probably actually been smishing steel with it for an hour 
like a good mm-hmm. solid hour. Uh, I don't know, probably did 10 pieces of railroad spike because I got buckets of them off a guy for five bucks and I'm blown away. I'm like, wow. I thought, so I don't know if mine was a six pound or a five pound. I don't, I'm sorry, five ton, six or five. Probably a six. Um, Yeah, I could be it. I think that's what they carry. Yeah. Um, And blown away at how much squishtivity there is in there. I'm like, because I'm looking, I'm like, ah. Squishtivity. You know, I, I like I, I. What I did at Sanjo was hydraulics, like for their frack units okay. and stuff. So like, uh, I would spend like literally three weeks in a row making my own hydraulic hoses, fittings, uh, designing circuits and stuff. Like I know hydraulics very well, and cool. so building one, that's not an, a roadblock for me, right? Um, that's what uh, one video I'm considering for maybe my last sponsored video with Princess Auto. It's just gonna be an expensive one. Mm, um, yeah, it's like if I actually, and it's a timing thing. Right now is a bad time because we're getting busy with other things, but. Um, yeah, I thought five times it's not going to be enough. I saw there's another, another gentleman and he's from the East, I think New Brunswick. And he did very similar and uh, I'm like, it's, it's working for him. It's got to work for me, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely enough. And I had a few comments on that video, like, Oh, you trust me. You're going to want more power right away. And it's like, dude, did you see how munted I, I ruined the steel? Like I it's, just munted this thing beyond repair. It's you pretty it's crazy. Good for me to have honestly. Power? <laughs> Uh, that's kind of what I was trying to tell Token Tobin too. Like I, I don't know where I got the idea from. I hate to say that it was my idea because it definitely was not my idea to build a, a log splitter press. But my good buddy Jesse here in Winnipeg, uh, he's a Damascus like slut dude. Like the guy makes the most amazing Damascus chef knives. Like holy crap, the guy's so good, dude. Yeah. And he, me and him hang out all the time and he was talking to me about how difficult it is. He actually came over one time and we were forging some Damascus by hand together and he was like telling me about how difficult it is and I see how difficult it is. And I was like, dude, we can make this way easier for you, dude. Like, just look for a log splitter, man. We can convert yeah. it into a press for sure. And we did and it was a little on the janky side. It was, you know, maybe we should have done a little bit more, spent some more time, but it was like, it was a matter of, you know, he came over quick one night and we spent more time drinking beer than we should have right yeah well he just came over the other day and he's like i need you i need you to reinforce this for me man it's not working out and i was like sure dude let's do it up so we we did some more work to it i added on some quarter inch angle iron to the uh to the pulling device on it to stiffen it up and dude dude that honestly it presses so good and i've got a homemade press probably pushing about 16 tons 20 oh, wow. tons if i'm not mistaken i'm not honestly i haven't done the calculation on it i don't have a freaking gauge on it to get the psi out of it all i know is based off of the motor pump capacity and cylinder size that's about the proximity of where i'm pushing is 16 20 pounds or 20 tons sorry <clears throat> the log splitter man it does yeah of course what mine has can push more but the log splitter does what it does everything you need mm. it to do yeah. everything you need it to do easily yeah. for forging damascus yeah if it, it's and space, it, it forge, if you're limited on space dude you you mm. take you take all the jizzle jazzle off of the log splitter the wheels and the extra parts on it and all that stuff you stand it vertical it takes up like no room at all, yeah. man. It's crazy. I think it yeah. takes up less of a footprint than a coal iron does, honestly. Now, yeah. I feel like I'm shooting myself in the foot. And you know what? Maybe it's not even a possibility. And I wanted to throw this at you, too. And 
I'm doing it publicly. I was going to do it privately, but what do you think? How would it work out if somebody was to be like, you know what? I'm going to just buy a bunch of log splitters, convert them and then sell them as forging presses. Do you think there's like a, a situation there that princess auto is going to jump in and be like, no, 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 no. You're not buying our log splitters, converting them and selling them like that. That's kind of like, you know, what do you mean for just the average Joe to go do that? Yeah. They can't stop you. I, I mean, the one no. thing is, like, like they have their own, like, they've got their user manual. Like, legally, I could buy that thing, stick my head in it, kill myself, and sorry, <laughs> we've got the warnings in place, and, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're not liable. No, if, if it was coming from them, or, you know, and that's why this kind of a little thing, and that's why I had to put a caveat saying, if you're doing this, this log spur is not meant to be this way. Now, right, I will yeah. say, though, uh, the one thing I think with these smaller ones especially, I don't know how the larger ones work, I had a lot of people asking, why do I have a foot switch and then tie that to the mechanical lever? Why don't I just put a light switch on there so I can just let the motor run the whole time? But the way that that particular model works is that with a motor running, the cylinder will not retract. And it actually inches forward a little bit. And I oh. and uh, I got into some, some guys trying to give me tips on Instagram messages and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And I looked at the hydraulic circuit. And it's a, probably the simplest thing you could ever have. And if the motor's running, there's the slightest bit of positive pressure to the back of that piston. Hmm. And then you open the lever and it's a one-way thing. And when you let it, then it can go out once the motor's turned off. So if you extend that cylinder and you let go of the hydraulic lever and the pump's still running, that cylinder does not retract. In fact, it actually inches forward which is what I used when I was welding it together because <laughs> I just extended it. And all I had to do is keep the motor on and it's not like I had to hold the lever too. Right. So, mm -hmm. and, and that is, in my opinion, that's a very intelligent safety that they've built into it because you can't, uh, you know, Jerry rig it so that it's like, oh, okay, now it's a one handed logs, a zero handed log split or something. Right. And so from a forging press, you have to very intentionally circumvent the safety built into the machine. Right. right. But as far as like a little business thing, do I think it's a great idea. Now, the one thing too with that particular model is I, I found a few things on some forums. I'm not a big forum guy, but I've heard of a couple folks would buy that and mount it vertically. And the reason I looked into it is because I took all the plastics off of it. And it's not like a traditional hydraulic system where you've got your reservoir, your pump, uh, your valve. It's all one aluminum block, the entire Ooh. thing. Mm -hmm. And so people say, if you put it vertically on some of them, some of them, it's oh. fine. And I had a lot of people send me pictures of theirs. It's like, oh, just mount it vertically. But I found one person that had the same model and they put it vertically and they cavitated the pump. So basically just when, mm -hmm. like when air gets into a hydraulic pump, it's bad, bad mojo. Yep. Bad, bad. Uh, yep. Yeah. Cavitation. So boom, that's boom. why I didn't. And then also boom, I thought, you boom, know boom, what? <laughs> well, you can cause a hydraulic explosion with it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, is it, Cav is cavitation is called. It's bad. Rex, like it, it basically because you can compress air. So if you get air into the fluid, all of a sudden you can like, you know, it's really crazy. It does some crazy stuff. Air in a hydraulic system is the worst thing ever. Okay. But yeah. But yeah. No, I think that'd be, I think that'd be cool. Because if you buy one of these suckers, what are they like? Is it $3.99 is the regular price for that log splitter? buy them on sale it's like what 300 i think <laughs> yeah and then um, if you had some type of machine shop that could like or what you know what i mean like you just even if you just said okay i'm gonna make 10 sets of dies this morning or yep. today on a saturday yeah. you put them together you, you, you do all the work for somebody it's like hey 700 bucks 800 bucks for a, a log splitter forging press cool right yeah 
and and like I'd, I'd mentioned it, I think in my videos, like I'm not necessarily, you see some people making Damascus and they'll make Damascus for four or five knives at once. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I want to try to make Damascus for a single blade. And if that blade can only be four inches when it's all said and done, I'm okay. Like I'm talking, I'm going to be squishing small bits of steel, right? Yeah. And then this was just a stepping stone for me. And if it's like, oh, I, I freaking really like this. This is fascinating to me. I want to pursue this. <laughs> then you can always go bigger. Totally, but there's a lot of things. Exactly, like, dude. You know, like even I really wanted to get into stabilizing wood. I thought, oh, I should do that. And I was, I was almost about to buy a pump and stabilize my own wood for animal materials. And I never did. And it, it kind of passed away and I wasn't interested. And I thought, you know what? I have no desire to stabilize wood, especially when you find some good suppliers. I've got some good guys out in Ontario that are doing a beautiful job. I'm like, I love what they're doing. Why would I want? And, the, you know, they're making money. I can buy a set of handle skills for 40 bucks shipped. <laughs> why, why would I want to spend my time? And it takes days to stabilize them when i got other stuff to do i like grinding knives you know and you're preaching my freaking choir right now dude like big time i've been stuck at my mom's house for three over three months now because i'm in a transition you i don't know if you listen you may have heard i heard about that yeah yeah so i get the new place in like not even three weeks dude i'm so freaking like oh my god i can't wait i can't wait but i've come (laughs) to realize i've yeah Yes, Christmas in November, buddy. Yeah. But man, I've come to realize I'm working in this tiny one car bay garage. Yeah. And I'm making it work. Mm-hmm. I I yes, I don't have my forge in there. I don't have an anvil. I don't have I don't have an area to forge. Like there literally is not enough room to have a forge set up in there really. If I I guess if I want to be picky, I could make if I had no choice, I would yeah, make it yeah. work. If I had no choice, I would make it work. Frick, look at Steve Dupra, dude. He's working out of like a 12 by 16 shed. It's insane. But it's made me come to realize that less is more. It can be for sure. And Mm -hmm. this, this, it's a mantra that we use in, uh, and I do work for a very large corporation and we've taken on, uh, lean manufacturing in Kaizen. It's all stuff that I knew about before I started working there and they brought it on. I was like, wow, you guys are just getting into this now. I'm surprised, <laughs> but cool, let's do this. And we're doing this 5S stuff and all whatever. And I'm all over it. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. You know, things are organized. You put stuff back where it belongs. You're minimizing all the crap you have. But then you run into what we've run into now with COVID is supply chain issues. <sighs> And when you run into lean manufacturing, you also run into something else called, you know, uh, what is it? On point delivery or something like that. Just in time. Just in time. Just in time. Yeah. And and now you've run into this issue where it's like, oh, shit, it's like two months to get this part. And we need it like tomorrow. Right. And big companies are starting to realize like, wow, maybe this isn't the best way right now yeah right but at at the same time for a small company like guys like me and you you know we're like well i want my bigger shop so i can have more stuff and this and that and it's like good to hold on to all the scrap metal so that you always have a good supply of metal and hold on to all the different pieces of wood you find and have the different machinery but at the same time this is something that I came to realize you're shooting yourself in the foot. My old shop or where I was prior to my mom's house, 20 by 20 shop packed 
I mean, packed. You could barely move around in that place. I had so much stuff packed into there. It's a mental drain. Mm-hmm. It takes away from your creative process of being able to like mm. forget about everything that's around you and focus on what you're working on. Overwhelming. It is. It is overwhelming. You start to put more on your plate than you can chew, dude. For yeah. sure. So it's 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 a weird thing that I'm playing with right now. I'm a psychology. I am a very much a psychological type of person. Like I'm always analyzing things in a psychological way where I'm like this is better or worse for me as a person and how my mind works. Right. I don't, I don't think a lot of people play with that enough. And it's something that if as a maker, you really have to analyze who you are as a person and what makes you jam. Like maybe you jam in that cluttered space with everything everywhere. And that's just how you work. Not me, dude. Mm -hmm. I need, yeah clarity cleanliness organization it's i'm just maybe i'm a freak i don't know no i I don't think so no i'm the same way like if i look for anything for more than 10 seconds in my shop i get frustrated and i get stressed (laughs) (laughs) like if it's like that it might lead to reorganizing the entire shop at that point it's like okay i need to stop and organize (laughs) because i shouldn't be looking for anything everything has its place right now so yeah i got a question for you guys so i keep a fairly clean shop like when i'm done a project i clean like when i'm in the middle of something yes there's tools everywhere but do you guys say if you're working on something like an example knife or something like this is your actual work piece do you do you use it lose it regularly throughout the day or not like lose that knife in particular I pr- every knife that I build on YouTube, I probably lose it 10 times a day. Like, I'll actually have it in my hand, and I'll go swap out a drill bit, and I'm like, where is it? And I'm literally, I feel like a madman who's lost yeah. his brain, and I'm like, where did that knife go? And sometimes I'm like, I got it in the video. I lost the knife. It's gone. <laughs> Check and the I footage. don't know how I do it. All the yeah. time I do it. Drives You're, me insane. You're a madman. <laughs> oh. No, it it's happens probably to me, my too. mind's been lost. <laughs> yeah no like literally it's oh it drives me nuts i'm like do you ever lose stuff here no like i'll set it down some like beside my drill press and i can't see it like yeah, it's there never, I, look, I can't see it it's never the piece that i'm working on it's my glove i lose my gloves <laughs> like oh. crazy my measuring tape it's like i'll go to my back pocket oh fuck i didn't put it back in my pocket again damn it and yeah. and there's that's my whole ocd thing that i'm like why isn't it in my pocket? What happened? What did you do that you didn't put it back in your pocket? Like, have you drank too much beer tonight? Maybe you forgot (laughs) or whatever. I don't know. And then I'm looking around for my measuring tape and it's like, oh yeah, you got 10 more over there. So don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, never mind. Here it is. When you, then now I've got three in my hand and yeah. Or the pencil. Where's the pencil? Where, where where is it? Oh, it's yeah. It's in your ear. Yeah. Or or your safety glasses. Oh, where I put my safety glasses. I'll just grab another pair and you put them on and then you hit the other pair that's on your forehead. Right. Yeah. That's right. Every time, man, it's classy, classy moves, man. That's how we roll. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you're talking about lean manufacturing. Like I remember going through that stuff like when I worked for my dad and I've never, until you mentioned it, I'm like, you know what? That would really shoot everybody that's doing lean manufacturing that just shoots them in the foot right now right now yeah you know, do you guys know morgan cohen have you heard of him? i know that name he's he just rolled he's so i i found out recently he doesn't use hashtags on instagram 
but he okay. just rolled over 10,000 followers. Wow. And the dude is a knife maker. Like, you got to look him up. Morgan Cohen. K-O-E-N, okay. I think. Uh, uh, Windsor, I don't know, out of, out of Ontario somewhere. His blades are phenomenal. I wish I could grind like he does. Cool dude. But um, I remember when this the whole start of the pandemic, and, you know, I used the 3M uh, respirators, and you put those little pink cartridges in. Yeah. And I remember, I didn't think about it, right? Like, I'm not like, oh, wait a minute. Everybody's buying toilet paper. I better go freak out, Buy too. Yeah. And I went over a year without being able to get replacement cartridge filters for my mask, like over right. here. And I remember he put a picture. He's like, this is all I always buy in bulk. And he had like this, this picture of like 40 or 100 of these pink filters. I'm like, <laughs> I want to ask if I can buy some from him. But it's funny because if, you know, lean manufacturing would not do that. But he no. obviously isn't, uh, he's not one of the guys like, oh, I'm just going to buy. And I'm that kind of guy. I'm like, I need filter. I'll buy an extra one. Like, yeah, give me two. I need to replace this one so I'll have one on the shelf because I'm just don't want to go back. And then I'll order one when that one needs. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I never thought about that. And even like today I was going to buy some uh, sewer pipe because we've got like a septic mound and it's got these access ports. And uh, my boys mowed over them with the lawnmower this summer. And so I've got to actually build them up again. I don't want right now they're just open. But once it hits minus 30, I don't want my septic field freezing up. But I can't get PVC pipe in this town. Like four inch PVC sewer pipe. Nobody has it. Mm. We don't know when we're getting it. I'm like, wow, this is just the joy of COVID living forever. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. People are talking about Christmas and how it's going to be wonderful for makers this year. Because people are not going to be able to buy their stuff online and get it in time for Christmas. And the stores are going to be empty as well. So yeah, it's uh, a... I'm not a Facebook guy much. And so like I might check in every once every two weeks and I think it feeds me the good stuff like from my friends. Right. And, and one friend that always shows up there, he was saying like this article he'd shared, people think like all the hot Christmas toys are going to be entirely gone before the middle of November. Like they said, yeah. if you aren't literally, and I'm, cause you know, I was always like, what is it like a beanie baby one year? Or there's like Furbies or whatever the hot thing. They yeah. say, and those will go to <laughs> into December. Elbow. You can fight. Yeah. You know, you get a fist fight on December 20th. And if you beat the other mom, you take it home. They said, none of that's <laughs> going to exist after the middle of November this year. <laughs> I'm like, wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good time for makers to capitalize on it. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Jeremy, I've got a question. Yeah. What, uh, how do you, like, how do you decide on which videos to make and how do you plan it out? Like, I've, I've done a few YouTube videos and I know how much time it takes into filming and then editing. Do you want to, like, boil down part of your process? Like, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll just tell you right now, the hardest thing for me now, and it wasn't hard for me before, is that I'm bored out of my mind making mm. knife videos and and those ones are the most popular but i feel like you know if you if you show the entire process of making a knife now okay cool i've shared that with people and it's probably something i just need to get over now all of a sudden i use a different type of a steel maybe my heat treats a little different right the first one was a carbon now we're doing stainless steel in an envelope and blah 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 yeah. and a different type of handle scales to me i've shared the exact same information as i've shared uh, 20 times before right Right. Um, so, but I don't think YouTube really cares about that because if you're getting new people watching and then, you know, you know, but you can release five knife making videos, somebody subscribed to your channel, won't watch any of them. And then mm-hmm. 
I don't know what reason is they'll decide to watch this one. It's like, oh, cool. It's neat to see you use that process. It's like, dude, that's the exact same thing I did the last 10 times, you know? Right, right. Um, but I would say, you know, at first I just wanted to kind of show the process as much as possible. And uh, it probably takes four times more to make a knife when you film it than just making a knife. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think about stuff much. Like when I go into it, I just, okay, you, you know, what camera am I going to use? And then now I'm maybe a little bit more like, am I going to do this with a voiceover or not? Um, I don't know. It's it's weird. And the one thing I've really noticed in the last year, maybe year and a half, is that knife making on YouTube has gone crazy. I think it it was kind of popular. And I think yeah. I may have gotten in at a decent time. I think if I had started my channel today, nah, I wouldn't have any traction whatsoever. Because back in the day, there's Walter Searles, there's Trollsky, uh, Green Beetles kind of getting into it then. Yeah. Um, and Alex Steele, I don't think he was doing going crazy. Maybe he started around the same time, then he started going super hard. It was all hammers then. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I remember YouTube kept trying to recommend Alex Steele to me, and I saw this kid, and I'm like, who is this kid? I'm like, what? And I watched this video, and I'm like, this that's actually kind of cool, you know? And I remember we used to do all the lives on YouTube yeah. and uh, I emailed them. I was like, dude, really like your videos. Uh, I don't know if you sell your steel at all or not. Any chance that I could buy a billet from you? I've never worked with Damascus before. And so I emailed him and on his email, I don't know if it says now, but then it says, you know, I don't respond to emails because I get so many of them. I was watching his live stream and he goes to his computer and he's, and he's it. I'm like this, and also I get email. So he, I watched him email me back. Respond to you, yeah. yeah he's That's like, cool. dude, I want to do a collaboration with you. I'm like, what? He's like, I what? love your videos. I'm like, are you freaking out of your mind? You know? <laughs> and I was like, it's so weird. It's like the weirdest moment in my life, man. I'm like, I'm watching you live streaming. Anyways, um, but yeah, and, and so like now it's it's hard. I don't know. I honestly, I feel like at this point with making videos, I just. Do, do the same thing and maybe hope it sticks. And I know that's not how things work with this, you know, this attention deficit society that we live in. Um, like I'm very loyal to YouTube channels that I like. And mm -hmm. I find something like, dude, I like this guy. Like I've got some really weird camping channels and stuff and I watch them and they do the same. And I kind of think about it too, it's like, you know, if I got time to kill, I'm on the treadmill or I'm, I'm working out or something. I just, man, I want to hang out with this guy on YouTube and he's doing the exact same thing he's been doing for the last three years. And I like it, right? And if you, so it's, it's a certain sense where, I, I don't know, sometimes you just have to not, I think the most important thing with YouTube is don't think about it much. Yeah. You know, if you consume YouTube content, then you already have an idea of what it is you like. And so just not thinking about it, I think would lend to producing the content that you would like. And that's obviously going to be the best that you can produce, you know? Yeah. And when you do get a video that only has 24 views on it, <laughs> <laughs> do you just like just keep going or do you take that to heart uh i don't take it to heart but you're supposed to keep going yeah the one thing is youtube so when i had twenty thousand subscribers on youtube i made a lot more money on youtube than i do right now oh wow yeah and why you know, is that the, the adpocalypse oh. did you ever hear about that yes i did uh, yeah it had something to do with like taliban sending selling recruitment spots on videos and and basically anybody what? could advertise on youtube no okay. it happened right like like gmc yeah. you know you're watching uh, so gmc pulled out procter and gamble uh johnson john all these huge companies oh, every motor because company. the ads were popping up on yeah. 
stuff that they didn't want to be associated with. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there'd be an, a, a Taliban recruitment video, and right before it's like, buy a brand new 2017 GMC, you know? And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it's guilt by association. We don't want any of that. Yeah. Understandably yeah. so. It's It makes sense. So that was the apocalypse. And um, yeah, it used to be you could make, oh, wow, this is sweet, you know? Um, and it, it all goes by CPM, which is uh, clicks per melee or whatever. I, I don't even understand that term myself. Thousand, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it used to be high, right? Like it used to be 18 to 20 bucks, right? And knife making content in particular is offensive, right? Because <laughs> it hurts feelings. How dare you? Um, and so now it's like I'm at like three to four CPM, right? So for every thousand views, I get three, four bucks. I used to yeah. be 18 bucks. And so that also drives, you know, if, if you're in a different, say if I was a strictly a photography channel, that's way less offensive, right? Right. Um, and so it's a it's a drive factor too because it takes a long for me the editing is easy easy peasy right like mm-hmm. i don't spend more than two hours editing a video i don't think three at the Incredible. most yeah. um but it's the thing it's like okay i could either make a knife for a client and i can get it done in x amount of hours or it'll take me four times that amount if i want to have a video to come out yeah. um the one thing i know this and i don't work it to my advantage but consistency is super important Mm-hmm. Like I am the king of inconsistency. And that's what I was going to ask you. You're coming out with a video every week, every two weeks, but I guess that's, I'm trying over to the place every week. Yeah. yeah. So there was a time when, with consistency. Is that, a, is it every specific day or is it just at least once a week? I think, I think it all plays like, I think a day, a, a, a published date schedule is important. Because I know I personally, like when I just think about it, it's like, okay, uh, there's one channel, they're kind of goofy, it's called Outdoor Boys YouTube channel. And it's a dad okay. and his kids and they do crazy stuff, man. They're like, we're just going to go hunt alligators and and then show you how to cook alligators. Or they'll go up to Alaska and survive for a weekend. But every Saturday morning, he's got a video, right? So I know if on Saturday, I, I, I'm trying to get into shape, you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> the, the COVID is like, you either going to go one way. It's like, and so it's like, okay, my workout on Saturday, I look forward to it because I know that, and their videos are long. Right. And that's the other thing. People are like, Oh, don't be too long. Don't be too short. But I think as long as you do, I'm like, he's got 35 minute videos every time. It's like, that's a whole, that's a whole jog on a treadmill for me, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and when I just think of my relationship with other YouTube channels, I'm like, well, why would I think that's any different that, people that watch mine would be to my YouTube channel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think consistency, like, a, like, you know, there's a time when I did a video every day and I did it 62 days in a row, like, oh, wow. boom, boom. and that wasn't, and that was right around when I started my Alex Steele collaboration, which I haven't finished yet, but oh, shit. <laughs> everybody asks about that. Uh, we, we could get to that if you want to, but, um, but then you kind of, that's too much, right? You just get frizzled and frazzled and it's like, Oh yeah. man, it's exhausting. Um, and even now I find like, I, like a, the kind of idea I have in my head is I'd like two videos a week. One is either going to be a viewer's knives video or tool time Tuesday. And that'll come out on Tuesday. And those are pretty easy, right? Like, you know, viewers knives, I don't have to film anything for. So it's just the edit. And the weird thing about those, is that those are my longest edit videos. Like those ones take like four to six hours to edit. And I don't know why, right. probably cause I can't read, but, um, and then, you know, and then one project type video, ultimately, if you could do a knife build a week, that's what people watch. Like if I just look at my analytics, the the videos people watch, it's knife builds, you know, or gun reviews where I talk about putting guns in backpacks. I don't know, but <clears throat> yeah, that's weird. Wow, wow. 
I don't know if my input has any value to you whatsoever, but when I was on the YouTube, like I, I haven't watched much YouTube at all recently because um, I don't have the TV hooked up in the shop like I normally used to. Yep. But when I did have the TV hooked up in the shop, one of the things that I would tend to go for is just stuff that was good in the background. If it okay. had if it had something that I had to pay attention to and I had to listen to, I was like, nah, you know what, man, it's it's too much. I'm, I want to watch it, but not right now. I want something that just like, you know, the, I hate to say the flash, the bangs stuff like that um casual you know yeah casual it's it's kind of messed up just even just watching somebody hit the two by 72 i could i could watch that for on and that could be on my screen for 10 minutes of somebody just (laughs) (laughs) it's your next video jeremy half hour grind session i could do live streams just for you because it doesn't take effort on my part (laughs) Dude, dude, man, I've it, it's kind of messed up, but I've had chats with Yako before, where we're talking on like video or whatever. We're chatting there, and he's just sitting there hand signing the whole time, mm-hmm. and I'm watching him. He doesn't know this, but I'm watching him. I'm watching what he's doing, hand signing, and I'm like, I'm, I'm meticulously. I'm like, that's I'm, funny. I'm learning from it because you. Over a twenty-minute period of watching that, you will catch different things. Yeah, you will. Yeah. You will learn things, and and it's kind of like the wax on, wax off, learning from the master, right? Where yeah, you you zip it. You don't say anything. You just observe and take in what you can take in. And uh, honestly, man, that's one of my favorite things to do with YouTube videos is just is try to soak up things visually as much as possible. Yeah. In the shop, it's too there's too much noise going on. I can't listen to what's going on. I I want to, like, I try to crank up the volume, and it's like ah, oh, it's too loud now. I don't want to listen to it. Right? Distracting. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Even like I hear lots of guys talk about listening to podcasts while they're working, and I I want to. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like I you hear don't, guys, Lyndon? not while I, well, I, uh, <laughs> I listen to Forge side chats the whole time I'm working. Why wouldn't you? So do I. <laughs> and then I laugh and piss yourself laughing the whole time. <laughs> right? My boss is always looking at me and going like, what the fuck's he laughing yeah. about now? <laughs> and then your boss is wondering, is there toilet paper hanging out of my pants? <laughs> is my fly undone? Why is he laughing at me? <laughs> oh, speaking of work, man. So we're doing some inspecting on um, a coolant line system today. And we're like, long story short we're we're using one of those scope cameras on a cooling system pushing the cool scope through there to check some stuff out and i say to the guys like you ever considered in your life maybe you should have you know took on a career as a proctologist he's like (laughs) yeah you know what man it's something i thought about but i gave up the thought real quick and i was like yeah probably it's i I heard it's good paid but the work is shitty (laughs) But I'm boom. Wow, wow. <laughs> yes. Awesome. You're hired. <laughs> yeah. So 
I took us off track. Hey, man. So the Alex Steele collaboration. What the fuck? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Going through the building of this house was just draining. And I don't want to say emotionally because it's not like I was crying or stuff. But you know when it's it's not a, it's like your soul is sucked out of you. It's, it's yeah. soul draining. And it's just like at the oh, end yeah. of the day. Uh, and so I didn't want to get into this project with Alec. And then the, the billet came over and it was held up in customs for a really long time. Um, and it was some stupid thing. Like they had my email address wrong. And then when I gave him the right one, we had to prove it. I don't know. It was just, it, it took like seven or eight weeks. It was stuck in Ontario and they wouldn't let it get to me. And then um, busyness. I just got busy. And this project is for me, right? I had a guy offer, what did he offer me? Six grand for that knife when it's done. He said, oh, I love Alex Steele and I love your channel. He's a, doc- he's a doctor. I think he's in Washington, D.C. And he said, I will give you up to 6,000 bucks. I don't care how it turns out. I said, no, no, this is my knife. Like, <laughs> Alec made this for me. And and part of our collaboration was that I said, well, what can I do for you? He goes, we'll talk about that later. It's like, really? <laughs> hey, Alec, I'm going to show you how to forge a spoon. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> the guy's incredibly talented, right? Like, I don't know what what's in it for him, uh, what I can teach him. But hey, man, if you want something, I'll, I'll show you how to eat a donut the right way. <laughs> you know, but... So, anyways, I'm I'm take gonna him, finish take it. Take him to Timmy's. Take him to That's Timmy's right. and buy him a two four after and have a good day. <laughs> I was gonna say I could show him how to properly roll up a rim, but we can't even do that now, thanks to the <laughs> Wuhan sniffles. But um, yeah, and so uh, yeah, and it, it came over, and then I started to work on it, and I made some of the frame sides right, like because it's a frame mm-hmm. lock folder, and I did a video about it. I'm like, okay, we're making progress. I had some time, and then I got a comment, and guys like, oh, I didn't know you're left handed. And I was about to like, you idiot, what are you talking about? You know, you get so mad at the good guy. But I'm like, what's he talking about? And I'm sitting there looking, I'm looking at the knife. I'm like, I literally made a left-handed frame lock. Huh. I didn't even, even know there was a difference. But when I you think about think it. there was a difference either. Funny. But when you think of what your release bar, your lock bar, yeah. yeah. So I drew it out. And then a drawing, it doesn't matter as long as you cut out the right side. So I cut out the steel. Yeah. So you got a right-handed one. I yeah. made a left-handed. And I'm like, oh, my word. I have no desire to make a frame lock folder. Like, it's not something I want to do. But Al- Alex said, why don't you make one with it? I'm like, fuck, yeah. he was pushing me. So that is where. And that's why. Like, a lot of it I couldn't work on because of the stress of building our house. I wasn't, like, I think with that much headache and frustration and Oh, it was bad. We, I didn't oh. like having to. Yeah, that's a special project, man. You got to make sure you're in the right headspace for that. I know. Man. And, yeah. and the thing is, too, is I know I get that comment all the time. What about the Alex deal? And it's like, yes, we're going to get to it. Going to get to it. But this is a knife for me. This is something that I'll never get a piece of steel from Alec again, mm. probably. Right. Uh, it meant a lot to me. And I don't want to ruin it up. You know, and one thing I have to do is actually the drawing that I'd sent him had a flip tab on the back of the spine. And then I gave him the dimensions and I measured my dimensions, just the blade height. And I forgot to include the amount for that flipper. And so he gave me a very precise piece of Damascus. That's really nice, but it's just not. So I got to draw it out a little bit. And that's another thing is like, okay, I don't have the capacity. I'm not a, I don't have forge stuff yet. And that's why I'm thinking maybe this forging press, if I learn how to just draw things out gently, Mm -hmm. then I can draw this out and continue it, you know? Hi boys, how you doing? Hi, I just I came to see if you could maybe tell me about your tool. <clears throat> I mean, tell me about your tool. I was kind of wondering there, Jeremy. Um, kind of forge you're running right now. 
of my forge. I've got the Princess Auto, the Pro Point, Ooh. three burner. Three burner. So there's the Apprentice, and then what's the other one? Uh, Isn't it the... Is it Bladesmith something? Maybe. No. The Journeyman. Journeyman. Yeah, so it's, be, it's, okay. it's kind you know, of if you, if you really wanted to know, you'd have to contact their, our gent, our buddy, Lauren, at Mighty Forge, because he's the guy that's making those beauty forges for yes. Auto. Yeah, and it man. comes with a mighty forge sticker in there which i was stoked about oh that's dope oh, cool even the one I'd from buy- princess auto has a mighty forge sticker i'm like sweet i'd and buy I the forge just I'd... for the sticker oh for sure yeah throw the forge <laughs> away put the sticker in your drawer man oh for sure eh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> on your car that way people know <laughs> oh, the, oh the bumper gotta get a yeah. good bumper sticker next to the timmy's one that's right <laughs> my my Ken- molson canadian bumper sticker is the best one ever for sure <laughs> that's right hey, you ever you ever do any bumper shining in the winter time <laughs> don't know what that is no way no? are you fucking serious yeah oh, man, we it? used to do that all the time as kids you fucking hang on to the bumper and you freaking go for a cruise boy oh i never called a bumper so shining. Oh, oh for a rip yeah yeah well yeah you gotta have good good nice icy road to skid your boots on but yeah yeah you ever good times eh you ever scurf no, i've never scurfed I was with a friend that was scurf and I never scurfed. He, dri- he goes, he puts a cruise on in his car, opens a door, oh, no, and surfs no. on yeah, sneakers. No, no. What a no. retard, man. He's yeah. doing it while I'm in the passenger seat. <laughs> He's swerving. Okay. I'm like, dude. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what was he doing? He was driving with his feet? No. No, no he was he getting out of the car on. and putting his feet on the ground and like letting his feet like. Oh, yeah. Run. Like, like literally standing. No, not standing. The car. Sliding. Sliding. Oh my yeah. god! Sliding, Sneaker surfing, in. like scurfing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More on. I've never heard of that one. Oh, dude, yeah. there's guys that like do that kind of shit, but they like crawl onto the roof of their car <laughs> while it's on fucking cruise control. And it's like, okay, you know I've what, heard man? Of that one. If you're driving a, t- if you're driving a fucking Tesla, cool, do it, man. Have fucking crawl all over the fucking roof of that car. Have a good time, dance party up there if you want to. But in a normal fucking vehicle, what the yeah. fuck is wrong with you, man? But with Seriously. the Tesla, you probably can't even open the doors while it's moving because <laughs> they've already got that part checked off. Well, yeah, probably uh, out the window, maybe. Yeah, I got a buddy yeah, mo- who had a little be a motion detector. Yeah, Seat. I had a friend who had a little Ranger, and he's driving. On, he's driving from Calgary to Edmonton busy highway the the number two yeah and he's like i wonder if i get better mileage with my tailgate down i wonder i wonder so he hit the cruise control crawled out the back window opened his tailgate and got back and he said i did less than 20 seconds but i'm like you did it you retard like come on oh my god fuck man and here i am i drop something onto the passenger side like i'm texting on my cell phone and i drop it by accident so i'm like oh shit i gotta crawl over to the passenger side to get my cell phone now and that freaks me out yeah yeah no i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) i don't text and drive (laughs) it's funny like my kids have no social media at all and I'm so glad because I'm like, with my like when I'm thinking about like my kids driving, driving my oldest yeah. is driving now. I'm like, that's just one less thing. Like they text their friends and stuff, but mm-hmm. oh, I know I check I check YouTube comments sometimes, and not while I'm driving, but it's like, oh, are you waiting on an email or you send a message? And it's like I need to know. You know, oh, it's, it's well, I think it, there's situations where you can glance. Yes, you're on the yes. highway and you glance over and and take a peek, but glance. like. Dude, if you're man. if you're driving in traffic, that's yeah. that's dangerous. If 
it, it okay so the craziest thing is if it's hands free you're all good to go right you don't have a hands free anything you can have a fucking goddamn tablet <laughs> mounted to your freaking center console and legally yeah. let it it, it flies really, man eh? even in canada yeah hands free I've wow. seen it. I don't know how many freaking times, man. Really? You know what? I'm not. Get, I'm not condoning that it's legal. For all I know, these guys are getting pulled over eventually and nailed to the wall. <laughs> I for was listening it. to the I court hope they are. And Lando Novak said it was legal. He, he could listen <laughs> right here. He says he's yeah. a lawyer. He's a lawyer. He knows what he's talking about. I don't know. <laughs> shit. Do not listen to any advice I ever give you. Even if I'm like, yeah, I know for sure. For sure, buddy. Like, definitely <laughs> for sure. Don't okay. quote me on this. Yeah, right? <laughs> 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 a lot of show. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a hands-free law, a distracted driving law introduced, I don't know, probably 10 years ago in Alberta. And my okay. father-in-law was driving into town. He was eating an apple. And he got pulled over. Oh, gosh. He thought this was a funny thing. He says, what, do you think this is an iPhone? Because it's just because it's an Apple. And he thought it was so funny. <laughs> he didn't even have a cell phone at the time, I don't think. But he told oh us this. Like, he didn't get a ticket. But he got pulled. He stood there eating like this. And the cop thought he was on the phone, right? And they were, uh, they okay. were going hard. If, it, if you were like yeah. cleaning earwax out of ear, man, they were like hitting you. Mm-hmm. Just trying to, boom, say, hey, we're here. Yeah. You know, but. Technically, well, there's man, so many accidents on the road I know, caused I by know. distracted driving. It. Like I honk if I see somebody on their phone, I honk. Pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I like don't even know like say, it's... yeah, like a single lane highway, you can see if somebody's on their phone, right? And I know they're doing this, this quick little peek and glance like this. I just lay my horn on, and they jerk sometimes. So I'm like, you oh, freaking idiot! You know, wake scary. up. Yeah. yeah, the guy drifting into your lane yeah. on a dual highway, and you look over, <laughs> and he's on his cell phone. Fuck sakes, yeah. are you serious? When yeah. I read, I read bicycles a lot, right? And you'll see some people mm. just like driving on fully on the shoulder and I'm behind them in my car. And I'm like, dude, if I was riding my bike right now, I'd be dead. You know, I've had to go I'd say in the last three years, there's two times where I actually, I have these dorky mirrors that come off my glasses so I can see behind me. Cause you have to two times I hit the ditch. And if I hadn't, I literally would have been rear-ended by a car doing Insane. mock chicken on the highway. Yeah. It's ridiculous. ding dang donkulous. Gnarly dude. Just give so, it her, eh? Out for a rip? What can you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boys. <laughs> what, kind of steel, what kind of steel are you using on a regular basis, man? Uh, heavy in nitro V, stainless. I've, I do a lot of stainless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think any knives I sell now are pretty much stainless. I do O1 tool steel for my videos because it's fast to heat treat. <laughs> um, and if you want to try to do a knife a week, it helps. But uh, nitro V, yeah. um, I like that one. It's very prone to warping, I find. Um, AEBL, you know, that one's good. Doesn't warp as much for some reason, even though they're very close to each other. And then, like, the S35VN, um, mm-hmm. use that one quite a bit. And then, actually, 440C. I, I think that's a ridiculously underrated stainless steel. Hmm. You know, even when I started using them, like, this is garbage. And then Jeff Fader uses it a lot. And uh, I, I played with it in the very beginning of stainless steel, you know, and then... And I do cryo on it. I know a lot of guys don't, but um, I really like that steel. I I think that is probably the most underrated stainless out there. People think, oh, 440C, oh, it's a budget knife then, right? Well, it actually performs well. 
Like if you and, get a good heat treat on it, man, it holds its edge good. You know, hmm. that's uh, what I've been using. Mostly. Is it just easier to work with than like the Nitro V and the S35VN? It's, it's a bit it's a cheaper. Lot, yeah. yeah, quite a bit cheaper. Okay. Um, yeah. And, Justin, and, man. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the different stainless steels, like you get into S35VN, I think that stuff really like needs, needs cryo uh 440c it benefits you know like most steels do benefit from a crowd treatment but mm -hmm. um uh 440c if you don't do it i've done some experimenting and i'm actually shocked how how well and this is mostly for kitchen cutlery that i'm that's the most of the testing i do because we cook a lot right. like always i love chopping things that's my favorite thing in the world um but you get to test it that way right so you know i, I bought some japanese hand forged japanese knives and um I'm actually amazed. And these are Sanmai, so just stainless clad with, I don't know if it was white paper or blue paper, whatever the paper, but a decent knife, right? And I'm amazed at how it doesn't matter how good of a knife you buy and how, if you use it, it's going to need sharpening. Mm -hmm. And so, some of these really high-end stainless steels that I have, they hold an edge way longer than some of these Japanese knives. And I hate to say anything back because I've always just, idolize japanese knives like chef knife. i'm like okay this is the the level to, yeah yeah exactly and i think their aesthetic is unbelievable probably my favorite uh aesthetic they principle yeah. yeah but man i'm maybe i need to buy like 1200 dollars knives instead of just 400 dollars knives. but i'm like i'm amazed Yeesh. how much actually one of my knives i actually need to regrind the bevels because now i'm actually sharpening into the cladding Oh, no way. And yeah, I, the cladding was, I don't think it was his best knife because the one side was quite a bit lower than the other. Oh. But uh, I thought that might be an interesting video, actually, see if I could uh, touch up, up a Japanese knife without destroying it. Yeah. But, Why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned blue paper and white paper. What is that? Uh, so a lot of the steel in Japan comes from the Takafu knife factory. And, um, I think, I don't know why, but basically, it, you know, they've got different types of steel. Like you got 1084, 1085, 1085, right? Different carbon contents. Mm -hmm. I like They obviously don't use that nomenclature, that designation, but it's the same thing. Some's a higher carbon steel and, and, and can get harder and hold an edge better. But the reason they call it that, I think, is just for... I don't know, maybe just to dumb it down for consumers, but when it leaves the factory, it's wrapped in white paper. <laughs> I used okay. to think it was maybe some weird voodoo when they're forging it, they burn white paper in the furnace and that, you know, but, um, so it's white, white, white paper, blue paper, uh, stuff like that. I don't know. I, I know there's guys that know the specifics and it's like, okay, this, some, this is very similar to this steel, or this is very similar in properties to this steel. I don't know what it is, okay. but I do know you pay more for one and people, oogle and ogle over one more than the other and i think there's a couple right. other colors i think okay but yeah just different quality that's all it denotes makes yeah. sense yeah. i wonder yeah. if it's just a factory like quality control measure type thing of or um not not a quality control measure but a uh, inventory quality control Probably it's probably just that practical because the Japanese are incredibly practical people. Oh, right, crazy. <laughs> well, that's where lead manufacturing comes from, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's 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 what you would do is you would designate a color to a specific material. Yep, that's yep. totally what you do. That makes sense. Yeah. I would love to go to that Takafu knife factory because I think I don't know how many makers they have there, but it's kind of like a village. They call it the Takafu Knife Village, hmm. and there's I don't know twelve or twenty. I don't know the number, but of these famous 
Japanese bladesmiths, and these are like multi-generational people. And uh, there's a company in Canada. I think they got, have you ever been to Knifeware? They have one in Winnipeg, I think. I might be wrong. I haven't heard of it. Don't know for sure. Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto. I thought they had one in Winnipeg. Anyways, this gentleman, he was actually a chef, and uh, he got sick of junky knives. So he was at some chef show in England and saw this Japanese knife uh, seller. And mm-hmm. he got interested with these Japanese knives. And uh, he's so he's got a company called Knifeware. And all he does is import Japanese knives. And um, he goes to the factory all the time, does tours and stuff. What's his name? Kevin Kent. He's a cool dude. Okay. Um, yeah, you should look him up. He's cool. I actually did an interview with him on my YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so he sells all these knives and, and stuff. And so I bought some knives. And it's unbelievable how affordable they are. Like, So I got a, like a, a Gyuto. You know, yeah. something like this cow sword. I don't know, maybe nine inch. It's all in millimeters, which I don't really understand well, but like $200. And it's from one <laughs> of the well known makers. I don't Crazy. Know, dude, oh, yeah. People like <laughs> they come to, if they hear people have over for dinner, like, why don't you have your knives? It's like, I can't afford my knives, man. <laughs> I can make a knife and sell it for this much money. Why? why? And I could buy a really good handmade knife from Japan for, for half the price, you know? It's but so yeah, weird. it's crazy. Don't know it's a cool place. I don't think the Japanese pay as much for gasoline as I do, okay? <laughs> well, there's that, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, ho- cost of, or housing. Cost of living and yeah. That. yeah, cost of living. Yep, for yeah. sure. Hi. So, Justin, yeah. man, if somebody wants to buy all this fancy steel, where do they go, dude? Oh, man. You're just lobbing it in there, aren't you? Oh fuck! Somebody's <laughs> gotta do it. <laughs> Jesus, I get off the fucking right, pony and ride the horse, buddy. <laughs> well, one excellent place that you can get your steel for making knives is MC Knifeworks. So you Google it or find it online by typing in mcknifeworks.com, and you can access all the different knife steels. I have actually, I have the the steel is straight. Front of me, he's got, and this is uh, uh, Mike Janzer, and he has O one. Oh, Holy fuck! Oh, oh. We're <laughs> seeing a, a stack. We're a just seeing a big steel. stack of steel. Sorry to throw that out of nowhere. The, the reason it's coming in now. This was a text I got from Mike Janzer showing me some of the builds he's making up wow. right now. Oh, Quite wow. a few of them. A stack. We're hard at work for sure. Yeah, no, Mike. Mike and I text all the time, and he's he said, "Hey, if you want to learn how to learn make Damascus, like with my forging press, come on down." He's like, yeah, he said, because he's in Medicine Hat, I'm in Strathmore, so probably two right. hour drive. Oh, dude. So hey, yeah. pers- for me, personal plug, Mike Janser, good guy, good guy. I like driving through Medicine Hat. Something about <laughs> like that road trip me. out west, where yeah. like. You see the huge teepee, you've got the That's valley right. where it drops there, and it's like, I feel like I'm out west when I hit Medicine Hat. Mike has 01, he's got some D2, A2, 8670 CPM, D2, 15 and 20, 1084, 15 and 20, 1095, W2, 80 CRV2, and 52100. So he's got, he's got some inventory. It's a big list. Yeah, man. List. And it's like, it's not just one thickness and one width. It's multiple per um, per type of steel there. So what is CPM D2? I've never heard of that one. It's a tool steel. It's a tool steel? 
It's a high carbon. It's not a stainless, but it's a very stain resistant, high carbon tool steel. It's good. Okay. It's tough. It's a tough steel. Heat treated properly, yeah. man. That sucker wears like crazy. Did you say CPM D2? Yeah. Yeah. So is that essentially D2 with what? Like an additive? It's missing the R2. So it's not R2 D2. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's a joke. No, C3PO. Yeah. Oh C3PO BPM D2. Oh, Jesus. I don't know what no. that D, I don't know what D2 stands for. Well, D2 is like a crazy high carbon steel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, O1, so like the O1? O stands for oil quenching. Okay. Right? A2, like A1 and A2 tool steel, that's air quenching. Air quenching, yeah. And then you can look up and find like the specific, uh, you know, carbon content, like point whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't know what D2. And then it's interesting yeah. too cuz CPM is like uh, CPM 154. Uh, right. You know, yeah. And that's is, is that the manufacturer, like right? crucible, something manufactured? I don't know. Yeah. It's an engineered type of powdery steel. Mm. I don't know. That's it. We're getting Laren on the freaking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We need to find a book. Canadian, like, hardcore metallurgist <clears throat> that's just going to be like, break it down. But yeah. Who did we have during Man Iron? The, Max. Uh, the virtual. Max well, Max Cerrone, he's the he actually runs his own podcast and I highly suggest it too. It's a um he works for CWB. He's actually one of the right. main directors for CWB, which is Canadian Welding Bureau, and he runs a podcast through them. I, I found him super knowledgeable. He is <clears throat> like crazy smart, dude. Yeah, if you if you wanted to know stuff, he's definitely a good guy to talk to about that shit for sure. Do you guys yeah. find that interesting? Like metallurgical stuff? Mind blowing, dude. To it a point. Is. It's yeah. like magic. Like yeah. nothing. There's there's two things in this world that blow me away. Metallurgy and electricity. Oops. Yes. Well and, and sometimes <laughs> sex can really do that too, but yeah. You know, it's, it's fun. Like when I started well, knife yeah. making, I thought heat treating, okay, this is blah. Like, just give me a recipe, right? And then this is the one, the most surprising thing with knife making for me is how interested I am in the different steels. Mm. And okay, this changing this content or adding a little vanadium does this. And I'm like, wow, this is, and when you actually use it, right. And try it out and you have an, like I'd build experimental knives for myself and use them all the time. And I'm like, oh, wow. So this is the difference between nitro V and ABL. And you can actually tell the difference between the two when you use them. It's just, but at the same time, I have Dr. Laren Thomas's book and I'm not a reader. I'm not a graphs guy. And I open it up. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love the fact that I have that information, but I just really, (laughs) I don't want to really, if I need it, I'll go find it. But it's not like bedtime reading for me. (laughs) I have like, I've, I've got a fucked up mind because I definitely run into that. But then there's days where I'll dive into some of the engineering reports that I find at work really? that just depict like, and it'll be like, you know, 40 page engineering reports that repeats the same bloody thing over and over and over again, depicting why they chose to use a specific steel composition for a certain part. Yeah. And it's like the, the choice of using 5160 over 4140 for a certain part, right? stuff like that uh, or why and why you're saying you're enjoying these reads oh, or yeah every once in a while it's just like this is awesome i'm soaking it up and then other days i'm like i can't even look at this it's like yeah. my mind mm-hmm. just my mind wants to puke when i see it 
Yeah. I think once you have a kiln where you can actually set the temperatures and really control that stuff, it opens up that realm of learning. Like when you're heat treating in the forge and you're like, I'm shooting for this temperature and I'm probably pretty close. And you're like doing the basic heat treatment in a toaster oven after that to to temper, then you're like, you can try to learn it, but there's, we already gave him a, we already gave him a plug, dude. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, we already did it. Oh, Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, a... we'll do it again. Get an even heat, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's a big thing, you know. Like, do you guys ever get like? So, say if I were to ask you, okay, I've got two thousand bucks. Uh, tax return came in. Uh, I'm a hobby knife maker. Got a one by thirty. Got a forge. Want to step up my game? Buy one or the other. What do I get? A two by seventy two or a kiln? Hmm. I would get the kiln. Uh, sorry, I would get the grinder just for yeah. the ability to to do that part of the knife making more efficiently. Because it's yeah. you're standing there for hours, right? Yeah, yeah. If it's a kiln, you're tossing it in there and you're walking away. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a hard question. <laughs> that's a tough yeah. question, dude. Man, I'm not a knife maker, so it's really hard for me to really say for sure. But I think I'd. You're spending hours there. Well, I'm a fabricator though, dude. Yeah. So I'm like, man, two by yeah, seventy-two. I'll build it. It's not rocket science. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The kiln. True. The the kiln. There's like this electricity homage shit you need to know, <laughs> and you know, PCL controllers or is it a is it a PCL control that it PID. uses or what is is a it a PID? PID? Yeah, a PID yeah. that it uses, right? Yeah. And you have to program it and stuff. I'm just like, you know what, man? I don't even like programming yeah. my freaking alarm clock. <laughs> and a basic two by seventy-two, not that hard to make. Like, yeah, yeah. I use receiver hitch, receiver hitch for my central tube, and yeah. stick I mean, a two-inch pipe in there. And but dude, that's not that's not to say f- like anything. You want to get a proper two by seventy-two, and you go with something wish. like 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 those guys that we know in out of BC there that oh, you're Vashti? Vashti. Vashti. You want, like, got, you want a prop. Yeah. And you, we have Nexus in Canada as well. I know of Vashti. That's who I know of. Yeah. We have another one too. Who? I don't know. Any, any oh, Sam Lassard. There's a, a, yes, that's one of the other ones. Yeah. I oh, saw pictures of his today. They color. look rugged. Like, uh, have you heard of Beck's Armory? I've heard he, of Beck's he's Armory. He's out of the States, isn't he? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, he's, yeah, you're right. Yeah. St. Joe, selling, Indiana. Sorry. Yeah, he's selling Sorry. up into Canada. He is. He's actually, uh, he's got a good thing going on, too. He's a, he's a good dude. He's making really good stuff for a good price, man. If yeah. you're down in the States, that's a good guy to connect with. I don't know how many people yeah. from the States are listening to us that are on Vault, but pff, there's, uh, there's somebody else that I would probably go to sooner that's down in the states and that's brian housework man mm. he's, yeah good old brian house yeah, yeah. he's he's so, there's so many guys man and it's, it's awesome it's good it's for us crazy awesome man there's the yeah. linden 28 percent of our listeners are from the u.s and 64 in canada we got two people from the united states that are listening to us and i know <laughs> i know who it is it's no brian that- house and 
<laughs> we have an estimated audience of 101 right now. It's um, lying. It's we need all to lies. grow. We need to grow, man. Um, so that would mean there's 25 approximately people from the U.S. America. Pew, pew. <laughs> hey, man. There's some good people down there for sure. Oh, yeah. I identify. I had friends that I had friends that moved from Canada there, so I know there's good people there. Yeah, I've worked. <laughs> in <the States> like <laughs> I've worked in the states for like ten years. Yeah. You know, so it's like I don't know, man. There's times I come like I go like three years without shoveling snow. Uh, you know, do, do I lose my Canadianness, Canadianship? Uh, <laughs> you didn't shovel your snow. <laughs> yeah, to avoid winter. Uh, yeah, move to, move to Toronto. I did it once. Did it once. Went to Australia for three months. Oh, Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we avoided most of winter. Yeah. I like winter, actually. I love winter. Winter driving. Is it is it the best? Because I, it's well, fun I every like time. Depends. Yeah. Like yeah. you're sliding it's around. Right Fish tailing around every corner. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's like tobogganing on the highway. <laughs> you know, it's the yes. best thing ever. <laughs> Ooh, look at this donut of a kid. So I drive a standard. My well, one of my, my civic is a standard. And there's that classic move where you pull out of your parking space. Yeah. Once you're out and you're free and clear and you just got the wheels started to cock, then you just dump the clutch and the front end just it's like somebody yanked it around. Oh yeah. yeah. Just spins and seamlessly going to first. So I can come out and I just do a like a hairpin turn on my back tire, just woo, and then into first gear and I drive out. And people look, they're like, oh, I'm like, yes, this may look He's, like a girl's car. He must have been in this Fast and the Furious. I was, but not in this car. <laughs> you know, I get I get guys in my car checking me out. They're probably like, oh, I bet this is some some college chick, hey? <laughs> it's like, it's like a, a six foot two guy with a beard. <laughs> He's bald. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I looked at you, dude. This <laughs> is such a girl's car. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. It's weird. I get that a lot. People like pull young guys in pickup trucks will pull up yeah. and they roll down the hey. window and then they roll down my window and they're like, oh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Good times. Is, yep. What else do we got to touch on, dude? We're like two and a half hours in. I know it's not two and a half hours because we kind of chat a little bit beforehand, which You're right. you know what, man? We were talking about this before, about like the Patreon thing, and like maybe that's a good place to start with it. Like, you want to be part of what we talk about before the show. Maybe eventually we'll cut out the after show and we'll make that a thing or something. I don't know, but yeah, Working Hands podcast. That's how they do it. Their Patreon goes for their after show, right? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys have a Patreon yet? No. no, no, we don't have anything. Well, I guess we, we have the buy me a buy me a coffee, but we changed it to buy, buy me, me a beer. beer. Yeah. And we ran that during Can Iron, and and I think we got like twenty bucks in that account. <laughs> Deals. Yeah, yeah, we'll go buy some Timbits. That's right, eh? Yep. Cool. But well, yeah, there's nice. there's got to be another way of uh, just getting a bit more value for us. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying trying to monetize on this or make it like like there's no Cindy said run it run it like a business run it so that you can sustain it and put a little bit of change in your pocket at the same time so that's really what it is is run it at least sustain it at Mm -hmm. that at the least at the very least sustain it and I mean for those three beers that you had tonight 
what what am i what should i be making if i was in the shop right now versus doing this you know like what's my oh, shop yeah. rate what what's my shop rate i'm charging out like 120 bucks an hour so versus at two out two and a half hours i just lost out on like 300 bucks man yeah so i don't, I don't think we'll get thing, there. Like, i know i'm lying <laughs> i'm lying i don't make that kind of money <laughs> no, but you know it's a funny thing and it's an interesting conversation but you guys like doing this right yes yeah. obviously yeah, good times so you know number one most important and the thing thing is too is like i like making youtube videos and, and i'll tell you this like there comes a point where it's like okay you know the videos aren't performing as well or these ones aren't popular what do i do now and honestly the wrong thing is to try and figure out how to make more money or how to make them more popular Right. And I always remind my, I have to remind myself of this because I forget it all the time. It, you just get in your own head. And it's like, I started putting videos on YouTube because I thought it would be fun. And mm-hmm. it was fun, right? And the, you know, there's some, some YouTube channels that I watch. Um, look, there's one called Camping with Steve. And he's a guy in Edmonton. <laughs> and he's just, he, he does stealth camping, right? So he'll like camp behind like a welcome to Leduc sign or something like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, his, his quality is not amazing. And he always says step two, right? So he's step one is find a campsite. He goes, time for step two, and cracks a beer. <laughs> and he shows his beer. <laughs> and he's like a quintessential Canadian. You know, and you guys would like his channel. He's pretty that good. That sounds good. Like, yeah. And you know I've what? heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing these things. And I'm like, he's not worried about stuff. He's just doing this because he enjoys it. And his channel, he's been like local papers and stuff and on the news. Like, I think in a matter of a year, he had like 200,000 subscribers, right? He's just Crazy. like, oh. he puts out a video, gets 50,000 views in the first day. Right? And it's just him. And he's like, oh, I went to Canadian Tire and I picked up a new tent. So we're going to test it out. Eh? You know, not quite that thick of the Canadian. <laughs> but uh, and I'm like, that's what it's about. You know, at the same time, you guys doing a podcast. It's a lot of work. And, you know, you got to you got to have equipment. You got to pay for hosting or or, or the, the ability to do these high quality audio calls. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's kind of these. That's why I think Patreon's cool, because there's some people like, oh, dude, I absolutely love your show, you know. And uh, like I've had, I've I've been told a couple of years, like do Patreon, don't do a Patreon, and I don't put a lot on Patreon, so it's not like I'm gonna give you promised value for coming. Right. But people like give it's like I, I feel bad kind of, and it's like no, I enjoy your content. You put work into it, and I what little I can do to. And same thing, like I used to, I used to subscribe to Public Radio. Is it was, it was from wasn't Canadian? Is from Minnesota Public Radio. I really okay. liked the music that they had, and I paid. I gave them ten bucks a month. And it was free to me on the internet. Like I didn't mm-hmm. need to, but that's how it works. And we used to have C, well, we still do CKUA as a public radio in Alberta. And I used to give them 10 bucks a month because I was like, hey, I can listen to this for free on my radio, but I value the the music that I can get in this weird artsy blues, jazz, some Canadian, you know. So it's a great model, I think, where mm-hmm. you can still do this because of what you like. You don't have to make this, okay, got to get some sponsorships, got, you know, and sponsorships are great, but it's not well, like I think people, money, you know. People sniff it out. People sniff exactly. it out when someone's like, I'm here for the cash and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, okay. Well, I'll people tell you don't what. appreciate it. Okay. I'll tell yeah, you what. Sure. So this is the problem. I, I drink like three to six to like eight beers per episode. And that's like, that's <laughs> and twice that's on the, me- on the metric scale. That's not that's a problem. A- it's who said it's a problem. No, but what do you what do you my wife, what are you, my wife? <laughs> no, no, no. I drink beer too. It's a monetary <laughs> problem for the for the podcast, is what it is. 
we should bring <laughs> bring back the buy me a beer to the podcast there you go yeah yeah just if if you want to support us buy us a beer i don't care if it's you know after show pre-show whatever a little bit of uh you know show me your leg and I'll, that, you I, know that's not a bad idea that you you we do this and then the person who bought us a beer gets a shout out and we talk about the beer that we selected from the uh Liquor store. I think we should get a beer sponsor. That's a damn good idea. Because like micro brews around. Yeah. yeah. Like Jeremy, yeah. you were having what what drink were you having tonight? Uh this is mm, it's a company called Brewsters. It's brewed right. in Alberta. Uh I don't know where in Alberta, but I wanted that. It's Mosaic Haze IPA, and it's a right. New England IPA. And I agree. Uh, mm. Your last guest from the last episode talks about IPAs are everywhere. And I agree, yeah. man. Like every microbrew. And they're getting skunkier. You know, like I yeah. love when I first had some good quality IPA. Like you got Sierra Nevada into pale ale, right? Okay. Uh, or pale ale. But some of those ones that are like the OGs, and I'm like, this is good. And then everybody does an IPA. And it's like, okay, now, now you're just brewing skunky beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we have a brewery in Strathmore, and they had this one beer IPA. sucks. Add yeah. some hops. Add more hops. Yeah. 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 I used to drink it, Alexander but... Keith all the time until people started stealing my beer on me all the time. And I was like, fuck you guys. I'm not yeah. buying good beer anymore. <laughs> Yo, PBR is a strong move. I got PBR out in the garage. Yeah. Well, I, I like the I PBR, drink, you... man, for sure. You guys drink warm beer? Nope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you guys drink uh, Pilsner? Well, I'll drink warm like, beer. Sure. Warm beer if that's all that's there, I guess. But <laughs> well, that's still camping in the canoe. Yeah, it's not much of a choice. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't warm. matter what the can says on it or what it tastes like. If it's got an alcohol content, she's going down. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to have uh, when I lived in Strathmore, I had a beer fridge in my garage. And my buddies would all come over, we'd work on motorbikes or something. And I'd always have beer in the beer fridge. And then my beer was on the floor beside it. And they'd grab a cold one from the fridge. And it would be like 28 degrees outside on a summer evening. And I got to reach for that that garage warm. beer. For, I love warm beer, man. Like warm <laughs> That's beer. fucked up, man. It's gross. I would rather have a cold beer. Yeah. I would rather, yes. I don't know. I, I think you get a better. So if you drink a Diet Coke, can you drink Diet Coke? Not I could. Warm. I could. If it's ice cold, you can slam it. But if you have yeah. a warm Diet Coke, it's disgusting because you can taste the fizz it. Fizz hurts. The fizz, yeah. yeah. Same yeah. thing with a beer. I, I find the same thing with a beer. A warm beer, it's like it foams and fizzes like too much or something. I find I that know. you get more of the flavor. It's it's more flavor. deeper. There is in my that. For, yeah. yeah, I could I could agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's ice weird. cold beer just goes down like butter and is yeah. gone too quick. Open up the funnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chug a lug. And what are you drinking tonight, Lyndon? Is it a PBR? Yeah, I had a couple PBRs yeah. twice on the metric scale. On the metric yeah. scale. That's right. Eh? That was my idea. <laughs> cool. What beans. about you, Justin? Did you drink anything? There's no beer in the house. You I'm uh, is that whiskey. That was scotch, actually. Scotch. From last Father's Day. Oh, I'm like high level. I'm like high level right there. Am I gonna have to get a job, man? Oh no! <laughs> so I'm like not gonna go buy beer. I'm tapping into the scotch. Right on. Yeah, I finished my brandy. So cool. Hey, well, you said something about a shout out. You never gave one this week at all. Who you got a shout out at all for? Somebody? Anybody? Who are you addressing, Lyndon? 
I ask questions all the time and I don't address who, and it's because I'm usually talking to myself, but in this case, I'm talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Actually, yeah, you know what? I'm going to shout out Chris Green. He's the one that kind of pushed me towards making this uh, this grinder, nine-inch grinder. And I was messaging him this week saying, hey, man, like, what RPM do you run this at? And what grits do you use on it? Do you start at 36 or or what? So he kind of helped me take some of the frustration out. Well, hopefully. (laughs) I'm yet to really dive into it too much. So he... uh, yeah, he helped me out. I super appreciate it. It's that's uh, the one you uh, you won at Canada, or you, that you got through Canada, Iron, right? From Vashti. Yeah, yeah. No, Sweet. I definitely won it um, at the auction. Well, that's what it was. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, and Jer- Jeremy, man, you've you've mentioned a few people today, but is there anybody specific you'd rather like somebody else that you want to shout out at all? Or yeah, sure. Uh, actually, I was thinking about him when we were talking about the debate between a grinder and a kiln uh an instagram buddy of mine uh she's regina regina says regina i think uh bmkt bm knife and tool Hmm. i don't know if you guys have heard of him he built his own kiln and he was sharing pictures with me and then i'd ask him questions it works phenomenal he's doing really good like he's doing kind of i wouldn't say like maybe not even semi-production but he's got models right so you can buy this model of knife and he's killing it, man. Like like some big EDC accounts, like even some of these real niche uh, or niche, however you like to say it, these little EDC shops in the States that'll carry like boutique blades and stuff. He's like doing batches for them and he's like doing drops and they're selling out. So yeah, he's cool, dude. BMKT. I uh, got some of his awesome. stickers on my door. So check him out. I'd recommend cool bladesmith. Uh, nice, clean, all stock removal. Stock removal guy, but... I like his design, very clean and uh, well executed. BMKT on Instagram. Or we it might be BM Knife and Tool. What was that? Oh, yeah, you do some need stickers. stickers. Yeah. yeah Fortside chat stickers. Yeah, that's what getting... we were talking about that actually. Mm-hmm. We got um, Manitoba Blacksmith Guild stickers kind of like in the works for something, yeah. don't we? Yeah, and uh, some forge side chat stickers would be so cool. Yeah, definitely got to get on that. I can design them. You place the order. I think it would be a good place to start for you know, like that's a good place to get a little bit of monetary incentive with the whole thing. Like you know, a decal costs us like what is it, a couple bucks per decal or whatever to get them printed, something around there. At the most, some for some for five bucks. I'm willing to spend five bucks. I did it for for um, Blacksmith Pub podcast. I bought like two or three of their decals from them for five bucks Mm -hmm. each. Yeah, totally willing to support them. I was disappointed because I thought I was going to get an updated sticker on my second order but i ended up getting the same stickers twice hey uh, whatever they're back at it they release another episode that and you know what screw it that's my shout out this week i want to shout out jesse savage and rick barter and you know why i want to shout them out no idea why because we're doing this because they fucking put the bug in my ear to go canadian nice you've I've mentioned been, this before I've been in the works with people for a few years now in the podcasting world, talking to, you know, Victoria Patty, Rick Barter, Jesse Savage, Jeff Fader. Um, <clears throat> who else? Uh, 
I've reached out to so many people, man. Like <laughs> your good friend Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my good friend Jeff. I think the guy fucking probably hates me to be honest. But Who's he that? says he says he's cool. Who's <laughs> I I honestly I wanna <laughs> I want to say things about him so much that, like, I know he's gonna freaking be like, "What the fuck? This goddamn flea bag's talking shit about me all the time." <laughs> he keeps you know, shouting you out. You know when he says when he's talking about flea bags, he's talking about us, right? Like I've been like, you know, I really appreciate that you call us flea bags all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. Is his response? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Like, come on, who else he- are you talking about? He's called me out a few times, I think, too. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, you know what? And he, I think, I think he's got issues. <laughs> <laughs> I know people call him flamboyant, but he's, I don't know, he's a, I would call him, I would describe, I'm very much similar to a head case. You know, just your head case. You think about too much. Yeah, you know, overanalyze too much, and it's yeah. just like yeah. you're Welcome always in your world. own brain. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> yeah. Old fashioned head case. Yep, uh, it's an issue. I yeah. definitely have uh, problems dealing with it, to say the least. Yeah, but you know what, man? He he's a cool guy too, right? He's oh he's yeah, yeah, decent. He does good things to the community, and oh totally, get to listen to him and I were kind of yeah, we were tight like. Not tight, but like always chatting stuff. He gave me his phone number and all that stuff. And then I don't know why, but I said, Hey, why don't we train for the New York City Marathon together? Like, I'll come down there and run it with you. And he started, and I'd bug him. He'd be doing a live stream and I'd jump in. He's like, Hey, Jeremy, how's your training going? He's like, I'm not running it with you. It seemed to, and I bugged him probably for a couple of weeks. It seemed to rub him the wrong way. And then I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to race you. We can just do it together, you know. That's uh, funny. Uh, <laughs> so, are you uh, a bit of well? You ski all the time. Your whole family's into skiing and stuff like that. Is it's like you guys pretty athletic then, or uh, no? I, I was in school. <laughs> I, I was in school a lot. Like I was a runner, and then yeah. um, I've done like five marathons. Oh wow, uh, that's more than I've ever done. Five more really, than I've ever done. <laughs> don't really like them that much, but. Um, the last one I did, so my dad challenged me, is called the, the Goofy Race and a Half in Walt Disney World. And on Saturday, you run a half marathon. And then on Sunday, you run a full marathon. And my dad said, I'm going to take you all down to Disney World, but you got to do this race. I said, sure, fine, whatever. And this was at the point where I'd stopped running, right? Like I kind of stopped running once we had kids. And for the year before that, I literally didn't put on running shoes. And... Saturday, ran a half marathon. Sunday, ran a full marathon. Oh, that Sunday we woke up. I couldn't walk down the steps of the place we were staying forwards. I had oh, to go God. backwards. And I'm like, how am I going to run a bloody marathon? <laughs> no way. It's not, it's not cool, man. It's not. It's like dumb. We're not We're not 18-year-olds anymore, are we? <laughs> yeah, it's we, fucked up, man, because when we were 18, I know, like, me personally, I looked at people that were 40, and I was like, you're fucking old dude yeah and now i'm 40 and i'm like i'm not that fucking old man what are you talking about fuck you man i'm not old (laughs) but times have changed times have changed i was actually listening to a podcast related to this and it's like the youthification of (laughs) our generation because we have like we're doing all these things that the younger people are doing 
podcast. Stay young. Instagram. We're staying young compared yeah. to older generations. We yeah. have Instagram accounts. We have TikTok accounts. We have YouTube accounts. And we're doing all these things that are only fun accounts. Kids. Well, that's yeah. you, but. And Chatterbait, too. Oh, you're that's, no that's a that's a special one. Don't you're know that in the know. Catch me midnight sometimes. midnight lover. That's your account. <laughs> that was supposed <laughs> to be a secret. Did I just spill the beans? <laughs> Don't tell my wife, okay? That's how you she, she, she doesn't want to know. She doesn't want to know. Well, she Yikes. doesn't want people to know that we're on there. Oh wait, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. You eh? but you know, it's true what you're saying, though, right? Like, I think of myself as twenty something, yeah. right? Twenty something, yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, sometimes like, well, wait a minute, what? Fuck, no, I'm not forty. Like, I, I'm forty one now. Twenty two. Like, I feel like a twenty two year old still. Yeah. You know, when you finally become an adult and you can like, hey, do your own thing, and you, you know you got some responsibilities, but you're not beholden to your parents. You know, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And then, and then the thing is you see this young generation of kids, like these people send in knives for like viewers knives that I feature sometimes. And, and they're like, Oh, it's crazy. It's like, I'm 12 years old. And I'm like, okay. So like when they were born, I was maybe thinking about making knives, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. wow, this is insane. Well, the access of information that they have, the knowledge is like, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. My daughter was, she makes puppets and uh, she goes online and she looks to see how to make like more realistic eyes. And she'll look at a YouTube video and we need to go to Dollarama. I need to buy these specific items. And then she makes these amazing puppets. And it's like, I couldn't have imagined making these things as a kid without yeah. having this like this pool of information it's it's yeah it's incredible it's, yeah and we're unique like our generation in that we didn't grow up with the internet right no uh no. i remember my dad was the first person in my like all my friends at school nobody had a computer we had the first ibm and we played i think oregon trail right, right? and and it was like wow and my dad was always like big on tech and stuff but i i remember like if you the coolest thing on earth was encarta Right, the encyclopedia right. on CD ROMs, yeah. and I'm like, whoa, blew my mind. We could mind. listen to Beethoven. Yeah, wow. and it's weird because that's us. Like, we didn't grow up with a computer, no. Nope. You know, and then like my kids have not; they'll never know what it's like to not have instant information. Yeah. You know, weird. Older than Google. Yeah, and it's kind of weird to think about what uh, implications that's going to have. Like, what's? I don't know what's if it? it's going to be. It's hard to say. They might just be the same thing because we're in the exact same spot with them right now too, right? So mm-hmm. it's crazy. Here we are getting all super duper philosophical again and trying to solve all the world's problems. I honestly at one point had full intentions. I, you know, it might still happen at one point in my life, but I want or did want to write a book called The Book of Deep-ish. Deep-ish? <laughs> yeah. essentially it would be a collection of stories and um passages whatever you want to call it that it's all like just stuff that's super fucking deep and you know you would read it and you would just be like you'd be like canadian hoser yeah that's right yeah you'd read it and just be like 
holy fuck like i don't look at i don't look at the world the same way anymore molson canadian labat's light god it makes you think mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah torque yeah torque torque brewing what's up How take you notes man take notes you've got that little that little booklet there you keep in I your, do it all in the your time, pocket yeah, it's, yeah it's, I've turned into an old man recently. I keep a notebook and a pen in my pocket all the time now. Yeah, been old for a while. Or hipster. That's a hipster thing to do. <laughs> uh, we're done. Okay. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, honestly, man, I think you know, we're. We've over got it covered. To, yeah. We've got it yeah. covered. Jeremy? So, yep. Thank you very much. I think uh, our listeners will really appreciate getting that insight on your history and like diving into the YouTube game and making knives. And uh, it was a treat having you. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. I I really do appreciate it. And uh, man, I like hanging out, you know, just chatting. (laughs) Yeah, it was good. Uh, We could definitely hang for sure. Thanks, man. Yeah, right on. Cool, dude. On that note. Cool. 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 Good day. Are we? Can you even call yourself a blacksmith or a knife maker? Like, at what point do you call yourself that versus just saying that I'm not really a knife maker? I just kind of like I, I'm trying to be a knife maker. Like, I'm call yourself a bladesmith. If you use bladesmith, then you piss everybody off. Yeah, it seems to. Both sides, yeah. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) You're not a bladesmith? How dare you? (laughs) Notice how I put it in, like, the opening spiel of our show. I'm, like, bladesmithing. I know it's a trigger point, man. Like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Chill. Chill. Yeah. People get too hung up on stuff, you know? (laughs) Chill. Chill, bro. Chill. Fuck, man. I ran into somebody today that freaking tried to pull that shit on me, man. And holy fuck, I almost lost my mind on them. Chill, bro. Chill. (laughs) yeah okay well i get comments sometimes people be like um this one so i used i've done a couple of these episodes where i just make fun of idiot commenters on youtube and i love it because i'm a i'm not a pacifist and income poop and people like oh ignore the haters i'm like it's so much fun i like to engage (laughs) if i can just poke someone's like oh you want to go let's go bro you know uh i'm that guy who's always kicked out of the hockey games man like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh anyways this one guy he said uh he and literally in all seriousness he said that that is not how you make a knife he said to make a knife you take a piece of steel and get it hot and hit it with a hammer until you have a knife shape that is how you make a knife and then it was funny because i was really interested in the knife talk podcast back then and he was asking them questions and commenting them and and bring this in i was uh, t- texting with jeff i was like dude that's the same idiot that i made fun of in this video yeah and um that one triggered that video triggered people because then like when that video came out then the next knife talk was a solo one that jeff was doing and people are like these knife makers on youtube need to get over themselves and they can't be triggered by commenters because i just have a video where i just, <laughs> just i just go out and so these guys are all mad at me right i'm like i'll piss off and then jeff's like i think i know what you're talking about but it was funny like and it was like i did a little skit in the front where i'm like crying and i'm like oh, and all this stuff but <laughs> oh and so and you know people are like oh you're a knife maker and the first thing oh we're, we're ever on forge and fire you see that show it's like uh, no i do stock removal what's that 
Like I, I, I take a bar and I remove material from it until it's the shape and the whole knife is like that. Oh, so you don't forge anything? Like, no, I don't. Like, I thought you were a knife maker. It's like, huh? Oh, I end up with a knife. <laughs> I didn't say I'm a blacksmith or a or a bladesmith. I'm a knife maker. Mm-hmm.